Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Pete Waltz. Along with bringing you updates and critical events happening all around the world, we're always fortunate to have the chance to dial in our local ELA lawyers. These good folks are practicing on the ground in their jurisdiction, working daily to help their local clients move through these difficult times. On the program, we've spanned the globe, speaking to members here in the States as well as internationally. And we've gotten updates on critical issues from members in China, Italy, Korea, all across Asia, Europe, and Latin America. And today we're back in the US. We're visiting with our member firm in Arizona. And joining us on the program is Laura Pasqualoni, a partner in the Labor and Employment Group at Lewis, Roca, Rothgerber, and Christie. Today, Laura is going to cover the legal and practical issues employers have when they adopt a policy regarding COVID-19 vaccinations. Welcome to the program, Laura. How have you been? I'm great. Thanks for having me today, Peter. Glad to have you. And we're looking for your update. So let's just talk about this. There's been lots of things happening, lots of regulations around COVID, how to avoid the virus, what people should be doing in terms of hand washing and social distancing and masks. And this notion of a vaccine has always been on the horizon. But eventually, we're going to have a vaccine. And so the knee-jerk reaction is, well, everybody should just run out and get it. But again, that's not going to happen either due to supply or due to people's just aversion to getting a vaccine in general. But let's talk about what employers need to think about there. So if a COVID-19 vaccine or, or even a multiple vaccines come to market in the near future, what are some of the legal issues that employers are going to have or what are they going to have to work through rather? Absolutely, Peter. These are really pressing issues for employers. And I think that at the top of the list for employers will be figuring out most basically whether to make a coronavirus vaccine mandatory to help maintain a safe workplace. Drug manufacturers appear to be estimating that a vaccine could be ready for general use by as soon as the end of this year or early 2021. So this is an issue that I think is on a lot of employers' minds, and I think that they really need to start planning for it. As far as where things stand today, generally, few companies outside the healthcare industry require their staff to be vaccinated for the flu or other communicable diseases as a condition of employment. But I think the unique threat posed by the coronavirus is likely to persuade more companies to consider mandatory vaccination policies, especially in the hospitality and other industries that interact closely with the public. Before requiring vaccination, so I think employers really need to consider how will employees react to such policies. An interesting Gallup survey that I read that was released in August indicated that more than one in three Americans, around 35%, actually intend to decline any coronavirus vaccine that's ultimately approved by the FDA. And this is even if the vaccine is offered free of cost. So I think employers need to expect that many employees will be resistant to a coronavirus vaccine. Another interesting statistic that I read was that historically, when employees require flu shots, the proportion of workers who get them tends to increase from less than half to well over 80%. So there will likely be safety benefits to requiring a coronavirus vaccine because not surprisingly, we can expect that it will increase vaccination rates. So the question will then become, can employers require a vaccine as a condition of employment? 
And quite frankly, neither the courts nor any federal agency, including the EEOC and OSHA, have specifically addressed this question in the context of a pending coronavirus vaccine, which isn't surprising because we don't have a vaccine yet. Unless more specific guidance is issued, I think the EEOC's commentary concerning flu shots will provide a good roadmap for employers. About a decade ago, the EEOC issued pandemic guidance in response to the H1N1 virus, which it reissued this year with adjustments to account for the coronavirus. And in it, the EEOC indicated that businesses can require employees to take a vaccine during the pandemic, but they have to allow for certain exemptions if a worker has underlying medical conditions or raises an objection on religious grounds. But in the latest version of its guidance, the EEOC said that employers should instead consider simply encouraging employees to get a flu vaccine. So the bottom line is the EEOC hasn't prohibited employers from requiring the shots, especially when the flu is severe. And based on this guidance, the general thinking, at least for now, appears to be that in most cases, an employer probably will be able to require a coronavirus vaccination if and when one becomes available in the U.S., subject to certain exemptions. With that said, there are some big caveats. The vaccine will need to be proven safe with sufficient evidence. I think the employer will need to cover the cost of the vaccination if it's going to require it. And I think the employer will need to have a clear written policy that spells out what the employees can do to seek an exemption for certain reasons. And this assumes also that there's no contrary guidance provided at the federal state level before a vaccine is ultimately approved. Now, I know that's a lot of caveats, but if we look at the flu shot framework, it establishes that unless there's a state law that's contrary, employers can require flu shots subject to certain extensions and that exceptions. And that's assuming again that there's a business justification for it and that it's in tied to employees' job duties. So unless the EOC comes up with different guidance, it seems likely that the same analysis will apply to the coronavirus vaccine, which would make mandatory vaccination requirements generally acceptable. Of course, whether employers decide to require vaccinations from a practical standpoint is a whole other question. Gosh, you know, I think about that. I think about those people I know that always get a flu shot. That would be me. And I think of those that sometimes get a flu shot, and that would be my wife. And then I know people that have never gotten a flu shot. So it does seem like there is a lot of potential there for self-selection, if you will. But let's talk about the exemptions or the exceptions to that rule. You mentioned there are a couple cases where something like that might happen and may be able to apply to a mandatory vaccination requirement. Can you talk a little more about those? Yeah, absolutely. There are two big exceptions under federal law that employers in the U.S. need to be aware of. The first is that the EEOC has repeatedly emphasized that even during a pandemic, an employee may be entitled to an exemption from a mandatory flu shot based on ADA-covered disabilities. Those are disabilities covered under the Americans with Disabilities Act. And this same exemption would likely apply to a coronavirus vaccination requirement that is imposed by employers. We're seeing the speed with which vaccine candidates are moving through clinical trials, and that's really been unprecedented. So I think we can expect employees in high-risk categories to receive advice from their healthcare providers that maybe they shouldn't receive the vaccine, at least initially, until complications are better understood. 
And I think in those cases, employers may need to make exceptions for those employees as a reasonable accommodation under the ADA. The second area where I think an exemption may arise if taking the shot would violate an employee's sincerely held religious beliefs. In those cases, the employee may be entitled to an exemption under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act. And in either case of an ADA disability or a sincerely held religious belief, an employer has to engage in and document an interactive process with the employee to determine whether a reasonable accommodation would enable them to perform essential job functions without compromising workplace safety, of course. And accommodations can really take many forms. As alternatives to a vaccine, an employer might consider requiring the use of personal protective equipment, maybe moving the employee's workstation, a temporary assignment, teleworking, or even a leave of absence until the employee is medically cleared to take the vaccination. In cases involving a disability or a sincerely held religious objection, I think termination should probably be the last resort in most situations. But with that said, ultimately, an employer isn't required to provide an accommodation that would pose an undue hardship on the organization. As with all accommodation requests, though, employers will need to carefully consider the facts on a case-by-case basis. I think the biggest challenge for employers in dealing with exemptions will be to figure out whether an unvaccinated person in the workplace poses an undue safety burden. So that takes us kind of full circle here. Let's assume now the vaccine's out and it's available and companies are making decisions and your employer decides they are going to impose a mandatory vaccine requirement. So let's say that happens and now people start getting vaccinated. Should employers be concerned about employees getting health complications from the vaccine and ultimately the potential lawsuits that could result from that? What are your thoughts on that area? Yeah, I think that's definitely something that employers need to keep in mind. Look, if an employee has an adverse reaction to a vaccine that the employer required, I think you're going to see litigation over that. Whether such a claim would be viable, I think remains to be seen. But I think this is why it might be safer from a legal perspective to start with the strongly encouraging vaccinations approach and leave the decision to the employees and their doctors That is the approach that it is least embraced by the EEOC right now, but that might not be an option if you are in a job like a nursing home or a healthcare field where vaccinations can be critical and workers can regularly be exposed to immune-compromised individuals. Employers also need to consider, you know, the potential for workers' compensation claims. They should inquire with their workers' compensation insurance providers as to how those claims would be handled under the states in which the employer operates. And I think ultimately employers considering a mandatory vaccination requirement should be prepared to carefully consider the risks of future claims. Also, they should consider employee morale. And those risks will need to be ultimately weighed against the risk of not requiring a vaccine in the workplace. I think there are also practical implications of implementing a vaccine policy that employers need to consider, like how might the vaccine be available to employees, who's going to pay for the vaccine, what is the process for employees to confirm that they have received the vaccine, if you're going to mandate the vaccine, what are the consequences for those who refuse to take it, if there are multiple vaccines available, what vaccine are you going to require, 
and how long before a worker will need to be vaccinated again. We don't know how long the vaccines will be effective. And there's also the availability question. At this point, we have no idea how widely available any particular vaccine will be. Ultimately, whatever an employee decides, I think it should ensure its policy is clearly articulated to its employees. Well, that certainly makes sense. And, you know, we've talked through a lot of the risks involved in mandating a vaccine. So let's, short of an across-the-board vaccine requirement, what are some of the other approaches employers could consider? Sure, there's a, there's a lot of approaches that I think employers should keep in mind. I think employers should consider a policy that perhaps requires an employee to either receive the vaccine or continue to wear a mask as an alternative. We see this happening a lot with the flu vaccine in the healthcare industry. An employer could also decide that while they're not going to require a vaccine, they're going to adopt policies to encourage it, perhaps by paying for it, making the vaccine available at the workplace. This is the approach, again, that has been embraced by the EEOC. Ultimately, I think encouraging vaccinations can bolster participation and protect your workplace, while also helping reduce demands on the nation's healthcare system, which I think we all agree would be a good thing. It would also avoid the risk of compelling the vaccine over an employee's objection. Okay, so let's talk about where we are in the year here. It's starting to be fall here, at least where I'm in, in Philadelphia. So North America is going to enter into its flu season this fall. So there's this renewed discussion about whether or not now employers are going to require flu vaccinations. Do the same legal considerations apply to employers who want to require a flu vaccination as opposed to those who would require the COVID vaccination? I think the same considerations will apply. I think the analysis is going to be quite similar. In most states, unless there's a state law that's contrary, employers can require flu shots. In fact, most hospitals mandate flu shots, although they have to account for employees who have medical or religious objections. To be clear, though, flu shots will not prevent a person from contracting the coronavirus. With that said, widespread flu vaccinations should decrease the likelihood that another contagious respiratory illness will be circulating at high levels in the workplace at the same time. Both the Center for Disease Control and Prevention and the World Health Organization have expressed concern that the coronavirus cases could surge again in the fall, coinciding with the flu season and leading to a dangerous crisis situation and overextended hospitals. So I think for the greater good in public health, employers should really revisit their flu vaccination policies and find ways to at least encourage flu vaccines if they haven't done so already. If they decide to mandate a flu vaccine though, they'll need to be sure that they have their bases covered by accommodating those with disabilities or religious-based objections along the lines that we've discussed today. Wow, that's quite a to-do list, if you will, for employers. You know, we're just now trying to figure out how to get the workplace back to work. Now we've got to add this other layer of complexity, which just makes this like a business climate that we have never seen before. That's for sure. Laura, your, your remarks have been great, and I know our audience has been catching up on those and certainly looking now to implement some plans around how to do this. But just give us your parting thoughts, if you can, on how to best guide someone through some of this. Yeah, absolutely, Peter. And thanks again for having me today. I think the bottom line is that it will probably be difficult to decide the best and safest approach for an employer to take until a vaccine is made available and we have more information about its effectiveness, the risk factors, and more guidance from the relevant authorities. 
But with that said, I think employers really should start thinking about their proposed approach to the coronavirus vaccinations. And I think that process can start with employers taking a look at and reconsidering their flu vaccination policies. I think being proactive now will allow employers to be ready to implement a plan when a coronavirus vaccination does become available. And hopefully for the good of all of us, that will be in the not too distant future. Let's hope that is the case. And certainly we'll be back to you as updates develop. I appreciate you coming on the show today and you be safe out there. Thank you. If you'd like to connect with Laura Pasqualoni from Lewis, Roca, Rothberger, and Christie, or any of our lawyers from around the world, search for them on the ELA website at ela.law. Just go to the big Find a Lawyer widget in the center of the page, click on the drop-down box, choose your jurisdiction. There you can also sign up to receive invitations for our upcoming webinars, download white papers, get access to on-demand content in the ELA's online library, or use the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Pete Waltz. Thanks for listening.